Let me point out something else which I think is very pertinent in this discussion about the Official Languages Act of 1963. That act legislated for English to continue indefinitely, and I'm quoting as the official language along with Hindi for the official purposes of the Union and also for transaction of business in Parliament. Now, these recommendations, which are very sweeping, are actually contradictory to what Parliament has legislated about English continuing. That is another level of contradiction alongside the one you mentioned earlier. No, I, I completely agree. I couldn't agree more. I'm saying not only is it beyond the remit of the committee to make such recommendations, or, or, or I don't know, considerations for mandatory action, but such uh, recommendations also far uh, are in violation or in clear violation of many instances of constitutional precedent, either framed in the constitution itself or uh, clarified through acts and uh, amendments and legislations that have happened since independence, including the one you cite. So, you know, if you suddenly decide that you're going to implement, let, let me put it another way. Sometimes when I see such act, when I see such reports, and this committee incidentally was supposed to be a 30-member committee, as best I can tell, and it was already constituted as a 35-member committee instead of 30 as it was originally supposed to be, 20 Lok Sabha, 10 Rajya Sabha. Further, if you look at the composition of the committee, there were effectively about 21 of these 35 members were BJP, and very, very few other states had any representation. Uh, Shiv Sena won in the subcommittee, BSP1, second subcommittee, AAP1, TDP1, INC1. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so if you look at these subcommittee formations, literally like seven out of 10, seven out of 10, you know, four out of eight have been BJP members. So these committees themselves have, have not had uh, fair representation in my opinion. And in terms of a ratio, you know, 21 out of 35 is, is a fairly high concentration in one political party. I've heard what you said very clearly so that the audience can understand the basis on which you, your government and the people of Tamil Nadu would be so strongly opposed to these recommendations. Let's try and analyze what these recommendations would actually mean. First of all, if it's compulsory for Kendra Vidyales, IITs, IIMs and central universities in Hindi speaking states to adopt Hindi as the compulsory medium of instruction, then students from South India, West Bengal, the Northeast simply couldn't study there. Is that desirable for a country like India? Will it not also additionally diminish these institutions and in fact impoverish them of talent? And finally, won't that divide India? Yes, to all of the above. But I want to go one step further than that. Not only will it be detrimental to the non-Hindi speaking or non-native Hindi speakers who get admitted to, let's say, IITs in Kanpur or Delhi, it will actually be detrimental to the Hindi speakers who get admitted to these universities, right? It, Hindi is not the language of global technical research and uh, kind of analysis or, or propagation or innovation. English is, right? And there's so many studies to show that there's a, a strong correlation between increasing proficiency in, in English and human capital index. There's also a strong correlation to show that there's increasing correlation between proficiency in English and per capita productivity. Right? These, are, these are beyond doubt. 
Now let me go one step further. If you look at those countries where there's, you know, and there's all these analyses, I think by, uh, in this case, I'm trying to find the reference. Uh, it's the IMF, I think, or the World Bank, one of these. But they break down countries into very high proficiency, high proficiency, moderate proficiency. And then they break cities into the same category, very high proficiency, high proficiency, right? When you look at very high proficiency, here are the countries that, uh, that go first. Netherlands is not a native English-speaking country. It's a, it's a Dutch-speaking country. Austria, Denmark, Singapore, Norway, Belgium, Portugal, Sweden, Finland, Croatia. These are all companies, Germany. Countries that have their own language. They go out of their way to provide English proficiency to their students and their citizens as a way of being relevant and competing in a global economy. Why is it in the interests of UP students going to IIT Kanpur to not have that proficiency in technical education in English, but rather in Hindi? Right? That's, that's one point. The second point I'm going to make is that whether you like it or not, you are now in a global economy. Right? No matter how many trade barriers we try to put in all that, at the end, the government provides export incentives, it signs free trade agreements, this is Union Government of India. So clearly, at some level, it is interested in participation in the global economy. If that is the case, how will it suit us to reduce English proficiency? I don't understand why this is beneficial for anybody. Can I make an additional point to the one you're making? We're very proud of the fact that we have a world-dominant IT industry. We're very proud of the fact that something like 17 or 18 top CEOs in the world of international finance and in the international corporate world are Indian. But if IITs, IIMs and central universities in Hindi speaking states now make Hindi compulsory and discard English or reduce the importance of English, our proficiency in IIT, our PIOs and their ability to run as CEOs, major financial institutions or major corporates, will diminish and we will lose as a result, won't we? It will have an adverse impact on us. No, no, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's not keep this hypothetical. Let's take a very, very specific individual as an example. The CEO once of Google, now of the parent company Alphabet, is a gentleman called Sundar Pichai. He's a Tamilian from Madura, I'm told, originally, right? He is a graduate of IIT Karakpur. He has made it to the top of arguably the largest and biggest revenue producing IT company or technology company in the world. He, by his self-profession, he doesn't know how to speak Hindi. Right? That's what he's on record in a public uh, forum saying that he doesn't know how to speak Hindi. Let's imagine that he had been forced to do all of his schooling in Hindi. Would he have been capable of making it to the top, just as you said? So it's not a hypothetical discussion. There are actual examples. You take many of these CEOs of global companies. They are not proficient in Hindi. If you then switch them to be Hindi proficient and Hindi medium instruction as opposed to English, first of all, it's not clear that as much content is available in Hindi to bring them to the top of the knowledge curve. Second, whether they can then innovate from there and work in an economy that is largely driven on an English basis is also a question. Absolutely.